We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Patterson remains in the backfield. Second to goal. Howell. He's in. Stuck up the band, baby. Stuck up the band. Second touchdown. They're in the fourth quarter. You have to learn how to win. How to put yourself in position to win. How competitive are you? No man wins. Coach Pascal, I see your boys up front coming off the football. I can't tell you the last time I watched a preseason game start to finish. It's been several years, even though, even though it's kind of part of the job description uh, to watch all of these games start to finish. I've never missed a play during a regular season game, although that's not even true. Uh, some of these horrible seasons late in the year, uh, when you get to a fourth quarter of a blowout game, I have definitely turned the channel. But preseason football, for most of you, is a tough watch. It is for me. But as long as Doc Walker is in the booth, I will be watching start to finish as I did today. Now, it was a close game, but the star of the game from the jump was Richard Doc Walker as the lead analyst in the booth. I told you guys last week, those of us that have known Doc forever and have worked with Doc over the years, I think there's always been a sense of what we all kind of know about each other, like strengths and weaknesses in broadcasting, etc. But there's never been anybody that would disagree that Doc's best is when he's in the booth as a lead analyst. Uh, I know it's subjective. I know not everybody agrees, but he is entertaining as hell. He is, and he's informative. And yeah, uh, okay, fine, a couple of cliches, a couple of repeats, but my God, for a preseason game, it was the best watch in a long time for me. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, We are here on a Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening, doing a podcast um, because it was the first ever game for the Washington Commanders as the Commanders. And I wanted to, I thought, you know, there might be some feelings, some emotions maybe about it. To be honest with you, there weren't a lot, but I'll share with you what I thought in watching a team uh, on the field representing Washington in the NFL, not named the Redskins or not named Washington, um, with different uniforms, etc. cetera. Uh, I will share those feelings with you uh, coming up uh, shortly. Uh, I will have a breakdown, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like, mo- primarily player evaluations from the game today. And then Santana Moss uh, will jump on with me. I love Santana. I love having conversations with Santana. And he uh, is right now in the midst of finishing up the post-game show on NBC Sports Washington, and he's going to jump on uh, this podcast right when he is done. Uh, This pod today is presented by MyBookie. If you want to bet preseason football, have at it. By the way, the overs uh, Thursday night and Friday night uh, were undefeated. Every game went over the total. The games so far today, Washington went over the total um, the other final uh, that is in uh, the Kansas City um, Chicago game probably was under the total. I'm guessing that was 19 to 14. Although the totals are super low uh, in the preseason. But anyway, uh, if you want to bet preseason football, if you want to take a look at all of the regular season NFL props, 
I would urge you and suggest that you go to my bookie if you're looking for a place and you don't have one, or if you're looking for a second place to comparison shop on things like point spreads, money lines, etc. My bookie has fair lines, fair pricing, they're reliable. Go to mybookie.com or mybookie.ag, use my promo code Kevin DC. Uh, and they will match your first deposit uh, dollar for dollar, all the way up to a thousand bucks. So you put in five hundred, you have a thousand in your account. You put a thousand in your account, you've got two thousand in your account. Mybookie.com, mybookie.ag. Um, the play that we came in to this uh, podcast with was Sam Howell's second rushing touchdown of the game. It made it twenty to nineteen, and then they converted the two point conversion. Uh, to take a 21-20 lead, but they lost on a field goal um, with just under 30 seconds to go, and they lost the game 23-21. to uh, So the first preseason game of 2022, the first ever game as the Washington Commanders uh, goes into the books as a 23-21 preseason loss. I will get to my what I liked, what I didn't like from the game, my game recap, uh, coming up here um, in a minute or two. Let me just share with you, uh, and some of you um, are in the same boat as me, lifelong fan of the team, diehard fan of the team, where it was massively outsized in terms of its, uh, of its importance um, for us for a long period of time. And while many of us don't feel quite the same passion that we used to feel, today was going to be a weird day. Uh, it's the first time that Washington's NFL team has been on a field um, with a new name that isn't the Redskins. You know, the Washington football team felt very interim. It did not feel final. Today, I thought would generate feelings of more of a finality of everything, seeing it on the field. February 2nd, 2022, it was the announcement of what it was going to be. But I don't know that, uh, or I guess I said at the time, I thought it really wouldn't hit home until, until we saw a game. And it may not hit home until we see a regular season game. And it may not really hit home until we see a regular season game against an arch rival. You know, where for our entire lives, you know, it was Redskins-Cowboys, Redskins-Giants, Redskins-Eagles. And now it's going to be presented as Cowboys-Commanders, Giants-Commanders, Eagles-Commanders. Feels different, as I've said since 2-2-22. It feels very much like an expansion team landed in town. To be totally honest, as I always am, uh... I didn't have many emotions today about seeing them out there as the commanders. In fact, I thought the uniforms were crisp looking. The uh, ro- the white uniforms that they wore at home today, when we first saw them, they looked almost cranberry-ish in terms of the, the red. It wasn't burgundy. Well, it looked more burgundy to me today. I thought the helmets looked really good. I actually think the W is perfect for the helmet. Because I want Washington emphasized. Um, and, you know, seeing commanders in the end zone and seeing commanders up, uh, you know, as a full screen Chiron on a scoreboard, it wasn't that, you know, jarring to me. Maybe it will happen if they're good and there's a big game against the Cowboys or the Giants or the Eagles and it's a big national television game and. It's not Redskins-Cowboys. Maybe that will make it uh, hit home uh, and hurt a little bit more. Um, but for the most part, and I did not hear the Hail to the Commanders um, song, uh, and you know, going into it, didn't much care. Um, I'm sure I'll hear it at some point. I saw the uh, options for mascots. I'm not sure why they have to have a mascot, but the only choice – among the choices that made any sense to me if they're going to choose a mascot, which they're going to do, and they're going to allow uh, fans to vote on it. Um, the options, by the way, for the mascot uh, were – hold on, uh, hold on, I'm pu- pulling them up here. Oh, here, here are the four choices. Hog, dog, historical figure, superhero. Hog, period. If you're going to have a mascot for this franchise, it should be hog. So they have uh, and have given the ability for you to vote on that at commanders.com 
slash HTTC. So there you go. I, again, I mean, I think I was expecting, like, I, I I was planning all week long and all morning long to be in front of my television at 1 o'clock today to see um, what it looked like and what it felt like. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it, it really wasn't moving uh, one way or the other. Um, it wasn't, you know, there was no visceral uh, reaction. Uh, maybe there will be when we get to the regular season. All right, let's get to uh, my recap of the game right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pay attention. Here's Kevin's Game Day. All right, a 23-21 loss. Look, if this were a... Uh, a game in which the result actually mattered and, you know, the teams played their starters throughout and um, we were really evaluating the game. The game essentially came down to Washington committing two turnovers, uh, Carolina not turning it over at all, and Washington committing too many penalties on Carolina's final drive, which allowed them to get into field goal range without completing any uh, significant play uh, during the drive. The longest uh, pass completion on the Carolina drive that ended in the Gonzalez 45-yard field goal was 11 yards um, on third and four from their own 39. After that, uh, Matt Corral, who was in quarterbacking, uh, I think completed one more pass for like one yard. It may may not even uh, – he may not have – no, I'm looking at the play-by-play right now. He did not complete another pass the rest of the way. And their average run was for negative yardage because there was a sack in there. But you had a penalty on a fumble that was recovered by Washington. Um, the penalty uh, was on Reeves uh, for illegal contact, something, by the way, the NFL has said they're going to emphasize this year. And then on third and nine, that was a third and ten play where they had the fumble, the sack, the fumble, the recovery, um, and there was an illegal contact uh, penalty on Reeves. And then on a third and nine with 47 seconds left, there was a face mask um, by, I think, Shaka Tony or William Bradley King. It was one or the other. And that extended the drive. That put him in field goal range, and they only gained one more yard. So, you know, if we were evaluating the actual game and why they lost the game as if it mattered, two turnovers and too many penalties on the final drive, that pretty much sums it up. Now, let's get to, you know, the list of things that I liked, uh, and then we will get to the list of things that I did not like. Um, The list of the things that I liked starts with Doc Walker. He was phenomenal throughout the broadcast. Uh, At the very end of the show, you're going to hear him call with Kenny Albert the two-point conversion in which he did something he often does, which is mention my name. I don't know why he does that. He's done it for so long, whether it's on one of his talk shows or his podcast. Um, To be honest with you, it's one of my favorite things uh, about what we had at the station at 980 when the station was the station with everybody that you know had been there for a long period of time is there was a lot of camaraderie you know there was a, a bullpen outside the main studio and you know there it was very very fraternity like and there was a lot of crossover be, between shows you know Zabe and Andy or you know and, and Cooley and I or Tommy and I and Coach and Doc and B Mitch and Koken you know and CJ and Scott Lynn and Scott Jackson the whole team all the producers there was always a lot of discussion about and with each other on various shows 
Um, but Doc's always had a habit of mentioning my name, and he did it a few times during the broadcast today. But he really was so entertaining. I think my favorite um, – there were there, there were three moments um, from Doc – when Joey Sly missed the extra point after Washington's first touchdown, you would have thought that it was the most devastating missed extra point uh, in history because as they were throwing it to the break, Doc just said, you got to be kidding me. Um, at one point, Doc said about P.J. Walker as Kenny Albert was talking about P.J. Walker, the third-string quarterback uh, for Carolina, uh, and was talking about, you know, P.J. Walker's history and his his resume. And Doc said, well, whatever that's worth, I hope his experience today at FedEx Field is horrible. Uh, and then um, I forget what the last one was. There were so many good ones, and so many of you were tweeting about them all day long. Uh, anyway, that was my number one thing that I liked from the game. All right, let's get to uh, the player uh, performances. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. looked um, like a guy that uh, is ready to play NFL football. Um, he was in for uh, Antonio Gibson after Gibson's fumble, which we will get to on the list of things that uh, I didn't like from the game. But Brian Robinson Jr. runs with quickness, quick feet, really quick vision, and power. He really looks the part. Number eight uh, in your program, the 23-year-old 6'1", 230-pound rookie from Alabama. They took him in the third round. They really liked him. Um, You don't take a running back really in the third round, maybe the fourth round or earlier, if you don't think the guy can play for you right away and he is going to play for them right away. He was outstanding. Six carries, 26 yards. That's 4.3 yards per carry uh, and a touchdown, the first touchdown for the team uh, on the day. Next on the list of things that I liked uh, was Sam Howell. Uh, Sam Howell's a gamer. There are so many similarities to Taylor Heineke in Sam Howell's game. Now, I think Sam Howell has a bigger arm. You know, I'm not sure that we necessarily saw it today, um, but I think he's got a bigger arm and he's much more capable of of stretching the field uh, with his arm. Uh, So that's a big difference between Howell and Heineke. But the way they play – in terms of extending plays and making plays with their legs, very similar. They're gamers. Sam Howell was that way at Carolina. He had a 17-yard touchdown run early in the fourth quarter uh, that cut a 14-point uh, lead to 20-13 to 13, and then had the touchdown that gave him a chance to go for two and threw to a wide-open Alex Erickson uh, for the two-point conversion to give them the lead. Hal got most of the time. He was 9 of 16 for 145 yards. He rushed three times for 19 yards and two touchdowns. And he really was, you know, if we're going to end up like many summers, we have a preseason hero. Well, Sam Hal took the first step towards that. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, by the way, after today, if we don't see a lot of Brian Robinson. I think they know what they have in Brian Robinson. We'll see carries here and there, but he's not trying to make the team. He's on the team. He is going to be a guy that ends up getting a lot of carries this year, especially if Antonio Gibson continues with his fumbling problem. Uh, But Sam Howell, we're going to see a ton of the rest of the way. We're going to see him play, you know, a half uh, to to maybe more than a half um, in the final preseason uh, game. Uh, Sam Howell was on the list of things uh, that I liked. I thought their pass protection, the offensive line, did a really good job in pass pro most of the day. Um, A couple of guys stood out, including Norwell, on a couple of screens uh, in addition to the pass pro. I also thought their pass rush was pretty good all day long, including against you know Carolina's starters and Baker Mayfield, even though they didn't get to him. And that will be one of the things on, my, on the list of things that I didn't like is I thought that Baker Mayfield uh, made it look a little bit too easy against Washington's first-team defense. But I thought they got pressure. I thought they got pressure uh, multiple times. And one guy that stood out more than any other um, was Wise. Uh, number 92. He had two quarterback hits. He had a sack in the game. He was around the ball. We saw him last year. You know, we saw him, uh, you know, play in, I think, six games last year, uh, especially towards the end of the year when you had so many guys uh, that were out. But I liked Daniel Wise, 92. 
uh, on defense. And I liked and I thought that, you know, they generated pass rush, whether it was with extra man pressure or with uh, a four. I liked their tight end play today. I thought both Rodgers and Hodges were impressive. Armani Rodgers, you know, Logan Paulson uh, mentioned him on Friday's podcast, on yesterday's podcast, as a guy that he had been really impressed with. He's a quarterback out of the Mid-American Conference, Ohio University, 6'5", 225. He's got great hands. I mean, he ended up catching three balls uh, on five targets. You know, there was that first third down, or maybe it was the second third down of the game where there was a ball that was thrown, you know, with the defender's back, and it just wasn't quite there by Wentz. It was a little bit underthrown, and Rodgers almost made the catch on it. Um, but I thought he was impressive, and I thought big Curtis Hodges was impressive as well. They've got a tight end issue right now with Logan Thomas and Cole Turner uh, and Bates, you know, uh, banged up. Um, so they needed these guys to play a lot, and they did, and I thought they were uh, both impressive. I thought J.D. McKissick, he only touched the ball once. I don't even think – I don't think we need to see J.D. McKissick, um, although you want him also to be kind of in rhythm uh, with the quarterback. But he had one catch, and you just see how dangerous he is in the open field, making people miss. They missed him a lot uh, last year. I like Jonathan Williams. I've mentioned his name going back to last year. I think he can play in this league. Um, you know, he's bounced around, uh, you know, throughout his careers. I think Washington's his fifth or sixth team. He had opportunities last year and played well. Came in in that Dallas game at home, played well. Um, I think they like him too. I don't know what they do here. I mean, how many backs are you really going to keep? I mean, obviously, Gibson, McKissick, and Robinson Jr. are gimmies um, in terms of their running back situation. I think John Williams uh, can be a short yardage back uh, option for them, but I think that's what they think Robinson Jr. can be as well. Um, but Jonathan Williams is impressive to me, and he has been uh, for uh, since he got here. Um I thought Phil Mathis had some moments, the second-round pick out of Bama. I thought Taylor Heineke, and I'll get to the list of things that I didn't like, struggled uh, at times, but you still saw his best trait, which is off-schedule mobility. Uh, He had that long first-down run. Um, And then I thought the two-point conversion play was a really well-designed play. Again, you're in the fourth quarter playing against guys that more likely than not are not going to make the team for Carolina, but... I think Scott Turner does a good job of scheming people open. I really do. I think that, you know, he is a solid NFL offensive coordinator. If not, maybe somebody we will learn is a lot better than just solid. I think he knows what he's doing, um, and I think he knows how to get people open. And with a quarterback that can stretch the field, um, I think uh, we will – see a lot of that uh, this year. All right. Uh, I think that's it from the list of things that I liked. Well, well, the number one thing after number two thing after doc should have been, there were no serious injuries. That's all you really want to make sure doesn't happen. I mean, you can't control it. You got to play these games, but you just don't want any serious injuries. And as of now, no serious injuries from uh, the game. Uh, all right, the list of things that I did not like. I start with maybe the biggest storyline from the game today, and that is Antonio Gibson's fumble. I think Antonio Gibson has extraordinary upside. I think Scott Turner feels the same way. I think the coaching staff feels the same way. Scott Turner told us that a week and a half ago. 6-2, you know, under 4-4, 230, improving as a back, didn't play running back in college, but you cannot put the ball on the ground as much as he does and expect to be on the field. This is one of the reasons they drafted Brian Robinson Jr. in the third round. I think there may have been other reasons, but certainly they did not want A, Antonio Gibson to be worn down. B, they wanted an option in case Gibson continued to have issues protecting the football. He fumbled again, people. I mean, you can't do that. It's a preseason game. It's early in the game, and you're in your own territory. I mean, not that it matters much in terms of score and wins, losses in preseason, but you cannot. You know, I think a lot of his fumbles, too, happen towards the end of runs 
where he's almost down and he breaks his fall a little bit and he exposes the ball in the arm in which he's carrying it in. And that's what happened. I think it was Jeremy Chin, the really good safety uh, from Carolina, who uh, knocked it out um, for them. I think it was Chin. I could be wrong, um, but I, I believe it was uh, Chin who knocked the ball out, and they recovered, and uh, and you know they scored a touchdown on that drive. Um, can't have that. Um, number two on the things that I did not like list, uh, I, Taylor Heineke. I look, he's a backup quarterback in the NFL, and I think he's probably in the middle of backup quarterbacks in the NFL, if not in the top half. You know, maybe maybe we should just shove him into the top top half of of backup quarterbacks because you know he is going to be ready to play, he'll be prepared, and he will make some plays for you that are positive. But I think what you see with him and what we've seen in re- in the regular season, and you saw it again today, his decision making and his arm strength. He threw an interception. It was a bad interception. He was under pressure. Made a bad decision to throw the football there. And he just, there's just no zip on the ball. He got one of his receivers nearly decapitated. We saw that a lot last year. Um, And that's the limitation that he has primarily is without a a, a legitimate NFL arm, you've got to be so quick and right with your decisions, and the ball's got to be out quickly. And when he's good in completing passes, it's because of that. You know, he sees it and it's out quickly and he throws with with decent touch. You know, some of those floaters are okay when you're throwing to somebody in space. Uh, but the, the interception was not uh, was not very good. Um, the Miss PAT, are we going to have a problem with field goal kicking and PAT kicking again this year? Hopefully not. Um I heard Ron Rivera say that he had a major problem with kickoff return position. And certainly the opening kickoff got returned to like the 14-yard line or something, which is where they started. Um, let me see where they started their first drive. Uh, their own 18-yard line. And then after a field goal, they started from their own 16-yard line. And then after the touchdown, they started from their own 18-yard line. So, yeah, they didn't generate a lot on kickoff returns. But... My counter to that, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I know this is the case in a lot of situations, um, and that is you're not playing the guys on special teams in the preseason that you'll be playing on special teams when the regular season begins because a lot of starters end up on special teams. So I understand, by the way, the overall idea of we've got to give our offense better starting field position, and if you can't get it to the 25-yard line, well, then you should not be bringing it out. But you've got guys that are battling for positions, and they're going to take their swings at trying to bring it out, Um, and they didn't do a good job with that, and I heard Rivera. It was one of the first things he said uh, in his post-game presser. Um, What else is on the list of things? I thought the starting defense, um, you know, Again, you're not game planning. I'm not alarmed by anything other than the Gibson fumble. Uh, That's really, truly the only thing uh, of concern, legitimate concern coming out of this game is Gibson's fumble. And the fact that, you know, in his first opportunity, after probably being being given a list of priorities of things to work on in the offseason with number one, number two, and number three being protect the football, and he fumbles in the first quarter of the first preseason game. But I I didn't think the first-team defense looked pretty good. I mean, I thought Baker Mayfield made some plays. It's funny, they they had some pressure on him, and he got away a couple of times and completed some passes. You know, they didn't do a great job necessarily stopping the run. Um, You know, uh, Hubbard had a couple of five- and and four-yard runs. Uh, Mayfield completed a third-and-five to that uh, Smith guy for, you know, 20 yards. Um, they settled for a field goal on that on that opening drive primarily because Mayfield fumbled a snap on second and nine or something like that. Um, but you know the first team defense was in there for a while and and Mayfield, you know, if you're a Carolina Panther fan, Mayfield was four for seven for 45 yards um, and but moved the football team, you know, a little bit. And um, 
I'm not again. I, I I thought John Allen. There were moments there where I'm like, you know, you see '93 looking great. Um, I, I thought that uh, uh, a couple of other guys defensively at times looked good and quick, but they couldn't get off the field there early. You know, uh, opening drive, Carolina third and three, first down, third and three, first down, third and five, first down. They had to get him in third and 14, and that was after Mayfield fumbled the snap on second down to get off the field and force a field goal. You know, those are, you know, probably not issues to be concerned about, but overall I made note of it that I thought the starting D was kept a little bit off balance by Carolina. I think Carolina's got some talent on their team. If Mayfield ends up being the guy there, I think they're a better team than most people more likely than not believe. All right, uh, others uh, in the game that didn't necessarily stand out from a positive standpoint or a negative standpoint. And, of course, uh, that leads me to Carson Wentz. Uh, Of course, we are going to evaluate Carson Wentz uh, every uh, Monday uh, during the season after every regular season game, uh, and we will do so after the preseason games as well, um, even if he didn't make either one of the two big lists. I thought he was okay. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was terrible. He was somewhere in between. They went three and out on their opening drive. Uh, They fumbled on their second drive. Not his fault. That was Gibson. And that's why I think he was in there for the third drive. And I'm glad he did come back and play that third drive because, you know, I think that it was kind of a slow start for him and the offense. And Ron Rivera said as much right after the game. And on that third drive, they went 14 plays, 82 yards. He completed a ball to McLaurin, had a really nice third down conversion to Curtis Samuel, who, by the way, I was happy to see looked good and didn't injure himself. Had a nice third down conversion to McKissick, got a lot of help from Robinson Jr. on that drive. By the way, as I mentioned earlier, I thought pass protection was good, um, but I thought he was fine. You know, uh, three, three drives. I mean, the first third down on the opening drive, I thought the ball was a little bit underthrown, if we're going to nitpick, to uh, to Armani Rodgers. You know, that was a throw back, you know, defender's back to Wentz. He's taking a shot, and the ball was just barely underthrown. And therefore, Rodgers did his best to get his hands on it, but, it, you know, it needed to be thrown a little bit further. But it's – I can't imagine, really, um, unless it's a disaster against Kansas City – or if they go out against the Chiefs and go three for three on drives and score 21 points or 17 points, and he's nine for 10 for 114 yards and two touchdowns, I can't imagine that we're going to have, you know, a, a real a real definitive opinion of Carson Wentz from preseason games. Now, the one thing I would like to see personally next week is just throw the football. You know, Philadelphia last night in their preseason game, Jalen Hurts uh, and Gardner Minshew, on the first 14 plays, they dropped both of those quarterbacks uh, back 13 times. You've seen this as a preseason trend with several teams that say, we don't care about trying to run the football in in these preseason games. We care about getting our quarterback and our pass catchers in rhythm. Washington didn't do that with their last coaching staff. They didn't do it, and they don't do it with this coaching staff. They're trying to call plays and be balanced and get everybody involved. Personally, next week at Arrowhead, I'd like to see Carson Wentz play you know, a quarter and a half minimum, four drives, and have 20-plus pass attempts. That's what I'd like to see. You know, where he's trying to spread the ball around the field. He's trying to get in rhythm with his pass receivers against an opponent that isn't their own team. All right. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. Please do so on Apple. It's really helpful. Five stars, quick one to two sentence review um, if you haven't done it already. Uh, up next, Santana Moss, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. All right, let's bring on Santana Moss. Santana was part of the pregame and postgame on NBC Sports Washington, and he will be a part of that uh, all season long with Brian Mitchell uh, and company. Um, You know, before we get to the game, let me just ask you this. As a former, you know, 
uh, fan favorite Washington Redskin. How did it feel today to be watching a team with a new name and new uniforms and the whole new thing? What was it like for a former player? It was great, man. It was great to see that, you know, the team that's now um, called Washington Commanders went out there and represented for our, you know, for our franchise. I think, you know, you know, fans and people are going to always look at the win and loss column, but I'm looking at it as, you know, what kind of output did they put out there as a team collectively? You know, did they go out there and play, you know, with the desire to win or try to put their, their first, their best effort out there? And I think those guys did that. I mean, I think the best news of the day, unless I'm wrong, unless something broke kind of after the game, is that there were no serious injuries. That's kind of the number one goal yeah. is to get through the preseason unscathed and nobody got hurt today. Yeah, preseason is one of those things, man. You want to get in and get out. You want to make sure that, hey, whatever I came into this game, feeling I want to feel that way when I leave. We know it's football, so you're not going to always have the best bill of health. But you want to make sure that at least your core guys that you're going to depend on to – you know, making a team and going to be, you know, those guys for week one, you want to make sure you get them in there. They can get some work done, get the feet wet a little bit, and each week we can build on that. All right, let's talk about the players from today's game, the players that stood out uh, from a positive standpoint, maybe a couple of uh, concern areas uh, for you. And and I know that you were impressed with Sam Howell, so um, let's start there. Well, you know what? I've been watching Sam Howell do this every day in practice. Every time he get put in a situation in practice, this guy drove the, drove the ball down the field and and put the ball in the uh, you know in the end zone. And so coming into this game, you know they asked me who I was looking forward to seeing. He was one of my guys. He was one of the guys, the young guys who I look forward to. So uh, I'm I'm glad he went and took the same energy that he plays with in practice. He went out there on a big stage because this preseason game is a big stage for him being a young guy. He went out there and, and did what was expected. Uh, that's something promising going forward, just knowing how vital that quarterback position is and knowing he's going to be, you know, basically fighting for that second job. You know, you know, no, nothing is given right now. So as much as he can do right now to show that he's worthy, you never know. He might climb up the ladder and, and be sitting there second, you know, you know someday. I'm not going to try to shift things, you know, so soon with Heineke because I, I, I still believe in Heineke. But when you have a guy who has the same intangibles but with a stronger arm, and if you're going to use it and and play at that level, you got to you know um, give him a shot. And Sam did just that today. Let's just make sure that everybody heard that it was Santana Moss that decided to create a second string quarterback controversy uh, in August. Um, he's got oh he's got Sam Howell <laughs> with a chance to beat out Taylor Heineke. In all honesty, though, do you think there's a chance we could get to opening day against Jacksonville and Howell could be the backup quarter and uh, quarterback and Heineke um, could be you know uh, uh, deactivated or, or or not? Look, look, I'm not trying to you know shift <laughs> anybody's roles. Like I said before. I love what Heidi brings. You know, we know what he brings. He brings that excitement. He brings that, you know, he's going to add a little, little bit and make a play happen. I think when, it, when you watch it, sometimes you need a quarterback that can do that, but also when things are, are clean, you know, get rid of that football and be able to put it downfield. Uh, that's some of the things that Sam Howell did today. When things was clean for him, he saw his arm. He put the ball in the air downfield to guys and gave him a chance. So, Going forward as a as, as a receiver, you want a quarterback that can do that for you. Not saying that Heineke can't, but I know it's going to be tough to have a guy that can do that, and then a guy like Heineke who's going to, who's going to be more of a you know a, a Mike Vick slash you know style you know or, or Steve Steve Young style you know quarterback in the backfield. You want a guy that can be able to execute your plays down the field and you know. Uh, Throughout the short short passing game as well. All right, well, let's let's be uh, serious here for a moment. We we would be going to great um, all time lows if we uh, literally as a as a fan base and a media base had a second string quarterback controversy um, in <laughs> August. Uh, I think I, I think we can do better than no that. Um, no who, who else stood out on the positive to you in sort of a player evaluation uh, mode? Well, it was obvious that um, Brian Robinson uh, Jr. stood out. He was the guy that, you know, we all had high expectations coming in. You know, everyone kind of scratched their heads and, 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 and raised their eyebrows when that pick was selected, saying that, hmm, what are they trying to say? And, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, we know what he can do between the tackles and, you know, at Alabama and college. And he, he brought that intensity 
to the NFL. You saw what he did. Every guy that touched him first was basically sliding off his pad. And so the guy's going to make that first guy miss some kind of way, whether he's running through you or still forming you. And he also caught the ball at the backfield well. Man, the guy, because he's all around back. He's a guy that has vision. He can do some things. Um, he stood out. Uh, another guy stood out to me. I'm not sure if anyone had him on the radar. He's a cornerback, number 16, yeah. Parker. Stephen Parker, I believe, right. number 16. He showed up PBU after PBU, played with a lot of energy. He was very, you know, impactful in some of those drives, you know, for the defense in the second half. He's the guy that raised my eyebrow. So uh, I'm pretty sure it's more guys. I'm, I'm having a brain freeze because I had a lot of guys on paper when we were doing our show. But, you know, those names that I remember just always, you know, I'm, I kept saying, hmm, you know, this guy keeps showing up. So all three of those guys, Sam, um, you know, Robinson and Parker, they all showed up and, and, and played well to be young guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you nailed it. I, I um, I was curious as to what you thought of uh, the tight ends, Rodgers and Hodges. Oh, see, yeah, I told you some of those guys I'm gonna leave off. Both of those guys play excellent. I mean, even Eli, he got in there. Or uh, Wolf, he came in a couple of days ago and he was actually going there and uh, you know played some valuable plays, you know, some valuable snaps for us. All three of our young tight ends went out there and played well. We, me and Logan, me and Logan Paulson, we um, we've been talking about these guys. The entire camp talking about how good this this tight end room could be, you know, just with knowing that we have a guy like Logan Thomas down. Uh, we've been very high on uh, Cole Turner, and he went down, and we know what base, you know, he can do. It's it's man, look, Rogers and Hodges, man, those guys are going to be somebody to reckon with too. So it's going to be interesting to see how things stand out for those tight ends as well. All right, let's talk uh, about the flip side. Um, you mentioned Brian Robinson Jr. He really was impressive. Uh, but Antonio Gibson put the ball on the ground again, and we know that this has been a problem uh, for him, and it was the single biggest issue that anybody's had with him. Um, so tell me about what a fumble in his, you know, one of his first preseason carries you know, does to the coaching staff. W- what do you think they're talking about right now? Oh, it's going to be a problem. I mean, I think it's always going to be a problem because one of the first and first things we go over as an offense is holding on to the ball. You know, we want to make sure that we're not fumbling or throwing interceptions. So, especially when you have a veteran that we know capable of playing a position at a high level. You know, that's one of the things you can't sit up here and take for granted. You know, when Antonio Gibson has the ball, he finds a way to get into that pay dirt, and that's what you you like about him. But I think he just have to play more, uh, you know. Uh, you know, uh, emphasis on controlling how he falls. I mean, if you watch that play real close, he was going down. He was just trying to brace himself. He put one arm down to, right. you know, to brace his fall. And being that we in the NFL, these defenders will go to the ground with you striking at that football. So he has to pay close attention, make sure he knows that these guys are going to be going to this ball regardless of where, what area you in, how you falling. They go after that ball, so you've got to cover up. you got to find a way to tuck it even tighter with one hand if you can't use the other and find a way to get back up with the ball so you can have another down. And, you know, it, it, stuff like that is little things. You know, you don't think that that's going to go on in a preseason game and look what happened to them. So that can shift everything when it comes to just, you know, uh, how coaches are feeling right now. By you saw him in there, you know, I kind of got discouraged when I saw him in there with Heineke because I feel like, you know, he's a veteran still. He's a guy that we – you know, that did a lot for us last year and the year before, and we're going to be, you know, counting on him to do some big things. I didn't want to see him in there with a group that wasn't going to protect him. So I'm hoping going forward, man, he can he can salvage that, you know, that problem and we can see him plant some meaningful down for us because I think with both of those guys being able to go out there and we can lean on both of them, you don't have to ask too much from one or the other. You have two capable backs. That's what Ron Rivera is used to. You saw him in Carolina when he had two capable backs. He gave teams hell. So I want to see, you know, a guy like A.G. with the, you know, the talent that he has to be able to, you know, um, you know, hold on to that ball and not let that be a problem for him going forward. Yeah, I, it's um, – there's so much talent there. Uh, 6'2", 230, runs a sub 4'4". I thought he got better with his vision last year. And I I don't know, I've, I've thought in watching him in the past, this guy's got a chance to be a big-time star – but you're not going to get that chance, not at that level, if you keep putting the ball on the ground. And it's going to be interesting, I think, between now and the opener. You know, if if he puts another one on the ground in a preseason game, let's just say next week at Arrowhead, I mean, Robinson, number eight, might be the starter 
on opening day. I mean, I, that that's not out of the, out of the realm of possibility. Am I am I right or wrong? Anything is possible, man. You know, you know how this game is. Uh, hey, whatever way the cookie crumble, man, it, it can be it can be drastic. So um, that's why I say, you know, one of the things you don't want to see, and you don't want a guy to start thinking or pressing that, hey, this is where I'm at. I think he's very capable. You know, first and foremost, let me keep saying that he's very capable of being a guy that we lean on, and he can be a starter on anybody's team. I think in this league as a running back. But when you have that problem, we saw that with Tiki Barber in his career. When you have that problem, it's going to be hard for any staff to want to, you know, go to you and, and have you as their their lead guy. So um, I'm a big fan of him. I like his game. Um, I know he wasn't – he's still raw, in, you know, in so many aspects of a running back. You know, I've seen running backs that do some of the things that he's done, and I've seen guys that don't have the talent that he has that have been able to go out there and look like a – a running back that has been doing it for years. He hasn't. So that's one of the things that stands out, that he can go out there and be so, you know, efficient at that at that position with not being a full-time running back throughout his career. So I'm hoping the best from – it's not just for him, but it's for our team going forward because I believe that you got to have two capable guys to be back there, and that's one of the reasons why we went out and got a Robertson so we can have a guy that can give less – you know, put, put less – Less of a load on AG. I think he had too much of a uh, load for the team for the past two years, and that would cause him to have some of those injuries and some of that stuff that took place in the um, you know last season. And that's why you go out and get some help. So you got to make sure that he's available for that help to be able to not put so much on him as well. By the way, um, as long as we're talking about running backs and just mentioning another player, and he only had one touch, but you you just see in McKissick a guy that when they lost him last year, that was a big loss. And it's a good thing, I think, yeah. that they were able to retain him. I mean, you know, he's got a lot of the, those things that you had and people like you have, which is just the the knack in the open field to make people miss. I mean, he's important to this team, isn't he? No, no doubt, man. He's a, he, I, I was so happy to hear him sign back with us because at first we lost him again. And, um, yeah, he's one of those guys, man. He, he finds a way to make somebody miss and make a big play out of nothing. And um, he's another guy that you can obviously put a lot on, too, when it comes to taking the load, but just so small. You know what I mean? You, you, you don't want to, you know, overuse him as well, but you need him for those critical downs, those third down plays where we can get him out of the backfield, be a mismatch in the passing game. And also every now and then when you have a, a game, you know, have a yard or two you need to gain, he, he showed that he can run the ball well behind the tackle. So I'm glad to have this guy on our team. It's great to have weapons like him that you can always rely on. All right, uh, two more, um, and I'll let you run because Santana's been working all day and he's on his drive back home. Um, we haven't talked about this guy because he wasn't necessarily in the things that stood out and he wasn't uh, positively or negatively, and, and that's kind of the way I thought about you know his first uh, you know uh, opportunity in a game for Washington. But just give me your you know overall thoughts on on Carson Wentz today. I was pleased. I was pleased to see him go out there and be productive. Um, one of the things you're looking for in anybody that's a veteran or not, you know, that's playing their first season in the game, you want to go out there and see them take command of what their job exists them to do. Uh, Carson's a quarterback, so you definitely want to see him go out there and move the offense efficiently. I think he did that, especially that third series. You know, that guy, he moved the ball up and down the field, and then they later, you know, gave it to Robertson and punched him in for a touchdown. I think he could have easily got a touchdown if our young tight end would have ran that route a little more into the end zone, I think, to play right before Robinson scored. So I was pleased to see him where he was 10 for 13. Uh, he was accurate for the most part. He took advantage of some of those dump-offs. You know, that those layup passes get you going, and that's some of the things that stood out to me because he was able to take advantage of some of those layup, those layup passes, and that got him into rhythm for those, those bigger throws that he had to do downfield. Uh, last one for you. Who do you think is going to be the punt returner when the season starts? I have no idea. I, I, I thought I, I thought coming into this game, they had a clue, and I don't think they have a clue. So I'm hoping one of those guys pan out. Uh, but I saw Erickson get a chance to get back there. Uh, I've been seeing Dax Mim get back there and practice. We know Dawson has some, some opportunity back there from college days, but I think he's going to be too vital to our offense to – to, uh, to rely on him to be back there full time. But, um, you know, it sucks when you have a guy that you had a guy here last year that did very well and took on that role for us and kind of, you know, uh, solved that problem 
uh, of us not having a guy, and then now we lose him, and now we got to find somebody new. So uh, this preseason, we should find out. But uh, right now, I don't have a clue because I didn't see nothing promising from anybody today. What'd you think of Doc calling the game? Phenomenal. Sign him up. Give him a job. Whatever it may, be, <laughs> whatever it takes, man. Doc was. I mean, look, he was. He was made for it, man. It was. It was, it was so entertaining just to hear him call the game. He's always been phenomenal on the radio. Anytime I've ever heard Doc talking, any interview that I had to do with him or sit on the side of him, he's been just, just that, you know. Um, he's very insightful. Uh, man, he was funny for the most part. I mean, I was just laughing. I was cracking up. Me and B. Mitch was in there like, man, you heard Doc? And we, every, five, every five minutes, there was something he was saying that raised our eyebrows. It was almost like this is the Fred Smoot. You know, those guys just have a way with words. You know, Doc has his own way. Fred has his own way, but Doc brought it today. He did a great job. I'm looking forward to hearing him again. All right, you're doing a great job on the pre and post uh, with Brian as well. Keep it up. We'll talk soon, maybe before the regular season starts. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you, buddy, as always. Santana Moss, everybody. I always enjoy my conversations with Santana. He's one of my favorite former players. He's always so willing and generous uh, with his time, and I always uh, appreciate it. Uh, all right, that's it for the day. Just thought we would do something today after the first ever Washington Commanders game, even though it was a preseason game. I'll leave you. I'll leave you with what was, as I mentioned in the open of this podcast, my favorite part of the day, and that was getting a chance to listen to Doc back in a television booth as a lead analyst. Um, he kept uh, he kept me entertained uh, start to finish. And per usual with Doc, whenever he's on the air doing anything, uh, he tends to mention my name, which is what he did right before the two-point conversion that gave Washington the lead late in the fourth quarter. We will leave you with that call, and I will be back on Monday. Oh, my goodness. Sam Howell with touchdowns on back-to-back possessions. <laughs> You can't make this up. Oh, Kevin Sheehan, where are you? Bonifant in the backfield. Three receivers set. This is for the lead. Howell looking. He throws, and they convert. It's Erickson, the commanders, who trailed by 14 at the start of the fourth quarter. Now lead by one. I know Graham T somewhere saying, believe, believe. You have to. Why play if you don't feel like winning? The only reason you go through this is to win, and it ain't over. There's still enough time on the clock. Now we have to really elevate our game on teams. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.